Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Friday morning, the 23rd of December, the big boy's putting on his insulated underwear, getting set to get Rudolph and the reindeer out. It's going to be a cold Christmas weekend, but you know he's going to get here. Weather doesn't stop Santa Claus, and that's a good thing. And uh, weather is the story of the day and probably today and tomorrow. Bob Bosol here as we take a look at the chores this morning on Wax at the shank of the day. Jill has the day off as she's getting ready for Christmas. So uh, we'll we'll do the chores alone with you. And obviously the big story is the weather. And again, just be careful. Common sense. I mean, it's 12 below in Eau Claire. The wind chill's about 36 below. And that's the story all over the area. We're going to have winds that could be as high as maybe 40 miles an hour as the day goes along today. So, uh, again, if you do have to travel, put blankets in the car. And uh, what I always had, my wife always had a big empty can of coffee and put sand in it and then put a candle down in the middle of it. And uh, then you can light that candle and little heat off that metal can. But again, do something. Take some hand warmers along or mittens just to hopefully get to where you're going safely. Now, be careful on the roads. They're all plowed, but they are kind of slippery. They've been doing some sanding, but, you know, over the last few years, they've been urged to cut back on, uh, you know, the sand and the salt and the different products they use on the roadways. So uh, there's not a lot in some areas. So do be careful. They're doing what they can out there under the, the rules and regulations they are given. But uh, it is still, in some places, it can get a little bit slippery. The corners and even some of the stretches and the bridges, just uh, just be careful. Use common sense. That's all we can tell you. We've been through this before. And, uh, you know, hang in there. You know what we might get next week, later in the week? We might get some rain. 
That's how the temperatures are going to change by maybe Wednesday and Thursday. If we get precipitation, it could have some rain in it. We'll have Mike Dandria tell us about that as we go along. Schools, a lot of schools have already closed for the uh, holiday weekend. If they were going to have classes today, they're all closed. And if they're not, call your superintendent or your principal and ask them what's the matter with them. It's just too cold out there. Not a lot getting done except the chores this morning. And we're here to do what we can to make the chores a little bit warmer. We'll try and warm it up for you and uh, give you some uh, some of the news in agriculture and some of the markets. And markets are about as usual with Christmas on Sunday. They're uh, going to be operating today. And then they'll open, they won't open Sunday night on Christmas night, but they will open early on Monday morning. But markets are pretty much open today. So we've got lots to tell you, including the weather, but uh, I think you're pretty much aware of the weather already. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And if you are driving, uh, gas prices shouldn't be going up. February crude oil was down 87 cents a barrel yesterday at 77.42. So gas prices uh, should uh, should not go up. Should come down anyway because these oil companies are making obscene profits in spite of how much they tell you they're doing what they can. <laughs> They're doing what they can to line their pockets. All right, weather cold. It's 12 below right now. The wind chills 36 below, and uh, that's going to be the way of it. Winds 30 to 40 miles an hour today, and it's worse if you're going east or if you're going, uh, you know, southeast, that area. The weather is always, you know, pretty much moves from west to east, so the snow is pretty much gone. A little in Green Bay yet, but otherwise gone. 12 below right now, 12 below overnight. Five above tomorrow, six on Christmas Day, Monday 13, Tuesday 21, Wednesday it'll be above freezing it looks like, and Thursday, and if we get some precipitation, there could be some rain mixed into it. How do you like that? Don't you love being in Wisconsin? It's 12 below zero right now, and here's Martina McBride on wax. Merry Christmas! Hopefully we'll have a good one. About a minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's see what the Friday morning news sounds like. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Over 170 million Americans are being warned of a dangerous wind chill just days before Christmas. Governors in at least a dozen states have declared emergency measures. President Biden is urging Americans to take the severe weather seriously. It goes from Oklahoma all the way to uh, Wyoming and Wyoming to Maine, and it's a real consequence. So I encourage everyone, please heed the local warning. As the bomb cyclone moves eastward, New York will reportedly issue a blizzard warning. The historic winter storm hitting much of the U.S. is disrupting holiday travel. Thursday saw about 10,000 U.S. flight delays and thousands of cancellations. It's felt hardest in major hubs like Chicago and Denver. Denver International Airport official Stephanie Figueroa. We have teams out in the airport right now handing out blankets and pillows or anything that passengers who... uh, uh, maybe stranded at the airport, maybe. Over 2,000 flights for Friday have already been canceled. 
Donald Trump is calling the January 6th final report a highly partisan witch hunt. The House committee investigating last year's Capitol attack released their 845-page full report on Thursday night and said the former president had a multi-part plan to overturn the 2020 presidential election. In a post on Truth Social Thursday night, Trump said the report failed to mention his recommendation for troops to be used in D.C. or to study the reason for the protest. President Biden is calling for national unity in his Christmas address. Biden made a holiday speech from the White House Thursday and said he hopes this holiday season will drain the poison that has infected our politics and set us against one another. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Boy, that sounds uh, pretty scientific, but uh, Jill's feeling better. She's home this morning, took a day off. Maybe she's out throwing hay to the cattle this morning. Uh, I doubt it, but (laughs) maybe eventually today she'll be getting out and doing that. Uh, And if you're getting out and doing that this morning, if if you got feed bunk duty this morning, man, oh man, you should get an awfully nice Christmas present because it's just cold. I mean, you know that already, not uh, head in the sand. Wind chills today. We're going to be way down there. It's 36 below right now with the wind chill around Eau Claire. And with the winds going 30 to 40 miles an hour again today, just be careful. The high is actually going to get too above, but it certainly won't feel like that with the wind. It'll get about 12 below tonight. And again, the winds will continue. And into tomorrow, there'll be some winds. High about 5 above. Sunday, 6 for Christmas Day. Then it's going to start warming up. 13 on Monday, low 20s on Tuesday. Mid to upper 30s Wednesday and Thursday, and maybe a little rain by by Thursday. Wow, Wisconsin, don't you love it? Rice Lake, I mean, everybody is really cold. Marshfield, Rice Lake, 13 below. Medford, 14 below. Wausau, 11 below. Lacrosse, 10 below. Madison, Sun Prairie at 12 below. Green Bay, 6 below with light snow falling. Milwaukee, 7 below. And uh, again, the wind is the factor out there. The wind chill's making it very, very cold this morning. Well, let's see if we can warm you up, see what the numbers look like. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's look at our markets this morning. And again, the markets are, well, the sale barn, local sale barns don't have Friday sales. But uh, again, Board of Trade, uh, that kind of activity will continue today. Closed over the weekend and they will not open on Sunday night. They will open again on Monday morning. So market's pretty much uh, pretty normal. All right, how did the markets trade this week in the cattle? Choice-fed beef steers, 143 to 157. The mixed steers, 114 to 142. Choice-fed beef heifers, 142 to 157. Mixed, 99 to 142. Choice-fed Holstein steers, 128 to 146. Select and silage-fed, 96 to 127. Cows, 63 to a dollar. Bulls, 74 to 94. Butcher hogs, 43 to 68. Hog market, a little softer. Sows, 42 to 43. Boars, 17 and a half and down. Shorn market lambs, 115 to 126. The feeder lambs, 75 to $2. Ewes, 75 to a dollar. Small goats this week, 40 to 145. Medium goats, 200 to 250. Large goats, 110 to 400. And nanny goats, 210 to 245. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, the trade was mixed. And mostly higher though. February live cattle down forty cents at one fifty seven thirty. April up fifteen at one sixty one thirty two. And June live cattle one fifty seven twenty seven up thirty cents. Feeder cattle 
January 183.97 up 15. March 186.45 up 72. April at 189.90 up 55. May at 192.92 that's up 37. And August feeder cattle at 202.20 that's up 37. And uh, the hogs higher. February lean hog carcass contracts 89.05 at the close that was up 65. April at 96.02 up 75. May hogs 101.12 up 47.5. June at 108.95 up 52.5. On the board of trade, the market mostly lower yesterday. Good crop reports coming out of South America and uh, corn demand for our corn, just uh, not where it needs to be. March corn overnight up two cents from yesterday's close, sitting at 6.62 a bushel. The oats at 3.54. March wheat up 6 to 7. 769. Wheat was also lower yesterday as uh, there is concern about cold weather in the winter wheat country, but uh, they uh, laid those fears in the trade and took it down yesterday, but higher overnight. Soybeans up six cents overnight at 1478 and meal up a dollar and a half at 449.80. Barrel cheese up six cents at $1.76. The blocks up four and a half at 207 and a quarter. And the butter slide stopped, but it's uh, unchanged. Holding at 247.5, but some big drops in butter this week. December class three went down two cents at 2055. January back over $19, up 52 cents at 1925. February up 29 at 1852. March up eight cents at 1861. April up a penny at 1897. But uh, looking out then May through the fall, prices were down for class three milk. 11 minutes after 5 on a Friday before Christmas here at Wax. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. She's out and about Allison Dairyland, out traveling, put on quite a few thousand miles already, and she was in here the other day. Jill had a chance to talk to her about some of the things going on, so let's join Jill and uh, Allison Dairyland. Taylor Schaefer, Jill, tell us about it. I was lucky enough to have royalty show up in the studio. I have Taylor Schaefer. She is the 75th Alice in Dairyland. She gave me a call. I said, come <laughs> on in. Can you give me a little bit of the update on mm-hmm. what you've been up to? Well, over the last six months, because I am approaching that halfway period during my year as the 75th Alice in Dairyland, I've attended quite a few different events. So right in July, I kicked off my year with National Ice Cream Month, and that was quite a time because I ate pretty much all the ice cream that I could stomach. And it was an excuse for me because it was National Ice Cream Month. I was really just celebrating the National Dairy Holiday. It was a great way to kick off my year as Alice. And then I kind of transitioned into attending a lot of county fairs. Of course, the Wisconsin State Fair took place in August. And since then, I have been attending everything and anything from conferences to events where I'm a keynote speaker to meeting with students in schools. I have really been all over the state of Wisconsin, and I have driven about 20,000 miles so far. So it's been quite the whirlwind the last six months, but I'm really looking forward to highlighting the holiday season, especially how we can celebrate with more Wisconsin products. Well, here we are at the holiday season. Mm -hmm. What are you featuring? Well, the last couple of weeks, I was actually talking about a few of our Something Special from Wisconsin members. So that is a program that's run through the state's Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection. And it recognizes companies with at least 50% of Wisconsin ingredients, production or processing. I had everything in my campaign from dog food to CBD products to 
food for home, home goods, literally anything and everything that you could think of. I was highlighting during this time. It was such a great time to learn more about these companies and to be able to share that with Wisconsinites all over the state. And it was so great to learn more about them as well. So talking about that, now I'm really transitioning into how we can make our holidays even butter using, of course, Wisconsin butter. It's just one of the dairy products that we are very fortunate to make here in the state of Wisconsin. We actually have about 13 different butter processing plants and we are a top two butter producer across the entire country as well. You gave me a little bit of a number mm-hmm. on how much butter a person eats in a year. Mm-hmm. What's that? Six and a half pounds of butter every single year. That's what the average American eats. But I think I raised that number just a little bit between cooking and baking, especially during this time of the year. I'm right with you because, man, I go through a lot of butter at mm-hmm. my house. So the butter campaign, you gave me a little bit of a tip Mm -hmm. when you're looking at those butters to find out if it really is from Wisconsin. So what is that tip? Well, the best way to identify that you are purchasing genuine Wisconsin dairy products in the store is by looking for the Proudly Wisconsin Dairy Badge or the Proudly Wisconsin Cheese Badge. But if all else fails, what you can look for is the number 55. So on every single package of butter that you will purchase in the store... It should be right below that Best Buy date. You will find the number 55- if it comes from Wisconsin. And everyone gets confused about that number. What does that mean? 55. How does that represent Wisconsin? That's just the number that we were assigned. So all you have to do is look for 55- and that signals that it's a genuine Wisconsin dairy product. So I brought some butter here today. Grassland is just one example of a company that is here in Wisconsin producing butter for people across the entire country. It's a great way to support our state's dairy farmers, small businesses, processors, and so much more, especially leading up to the holiday season. Thank you, ladies. That's our Jill Wilkie and uh, Alice in Dairyland, Taylor Schaefer. And I got to admit, well, I know I eat more than six and a half pounds of butter a year, but I have to admit, very honestly, I did not know that that number 55 on the package signified it's a Wisconsin product. I always look at the address of uh, the butter maker. But uh, number 55 makes it a lot easier. So you learn something new every day. It's quarter after five, and I've already learned something new. And that's that's a good thing. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock, and uh, let's get a little update on some of the news. Well, when Ukraine's president visited Washington earlier this week to thank the U.S. for both financial and military support, some reporters got around agriculture issues in Ukraine. Reporters from Reuters News Service talked with Ukraine's agriculture minister about the fall harvest picture in his country, and he said it has not gone well. He said farmers in his country will only harvest about half of their corn crop that they did a year ago. That's about 23 million metric tons this fall versus the 42 million they harvested last year. Now that's because the Russian bombings have destroyed some fields and it's too dangerous to be in the fields riding in the combine with the constant shellings. But he also added farmers can't get enough fuel or funding to run their combines this fall. The ag minister said he's hopeful some of the corn left in the fields this winter can be harvested in the spring. Well, that's happens around here. We've got 365-day hybrids around here as well. And it also means that Ukraine, which had been the world's second-leading corn exporter, will not be a major player in that arena until this war ends. And it's coming up on a year. February, it will be a year that crazy man Putin has started that war over there in Ukraine. And Ag Day at the Capitol now confirmed it'll be held March 29th. 
day set aside by members of the legislature to visit with constituents on state issues and agriculture in their capital offices. And uh, it's impressive to be in the state capital. Registration is now open. The Farm Bureau is a big supporter of this as well as others. So get a hold of the Farm Bureau or I've got a number, 800 251 3276, which uh, you can't write down because you're doing chores. All right, 19 minutes after 5, we're going to get more updates with uh, some weather experts on what we're seeing as far as weather around the world and around our part of the country next, right here on WAC. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, about this time of the year, more than you and I are watching the weather. So is Santa Claus. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And uh, about another day or so, Santa Claus is going to be keeping an eye on the weather, Stephanie. And a lot of other people are, too. Right, not just Santa, but farmers as well. As you and I both know, Bob, the you know weather is such a big factor on when you can get out in the field to plant and how that crop is going to look when it comes time to harvest. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and that's why I called on an expert who can explain what weather patterns agriculture is watching that will determine how the growing season is going to start in 2023. Shane Hubbard is a research scientist at the Space Science and Engineering Center at UW-Madison, and we start with talking about La Nina. This is the climate that we're currently in today, and Shane explains how this pattern is going to play a role in the spring. Yeah, La Nina is something that actually impacts the entire globe in some way uh, or another, and it's a just a change in the water temperature in the Pacific Ocean right along the equator. And right now we're in a below normal, so that's called La Nina. And it has major impacts for the United States. Um, the Pacific Northwest, for example, they get intense rainfalls in the wintertime. They get uh, heavy snowfalls, so you'll hear in the spring about flooding probably. Um, and in Wisconsin, we do have some impacts. Ours are a little bit more minor, um, but we do have impacts from that. We can sometimes see cooler than average temperatures in the wintertime, and we see warmer falls, actually. And La Nina really only impacts the U.S. between November and April. And then after April, it begins to wane here in the in the United States. Is it going to stay La Nina for a while? When do we see changes and, and what are the implications of those changes? So we, we're more certain when we have La Nina because we can track those climate impacts over time and it has a profound effect on the United States. But as we transition out, that's when we get into more uncertain territory because there's other drivers we don't understand as well. And so we'll be a little more certain this winter about what we're going to see for temperature and precipitation. But then as we get into, say, April, May, June, July, things will be less certain. And what we do as climatologists and forecasters is we look at analogous years. So what happened the last time we left La Nina and started to transition and what did those years look like? Let's look at this winter. Any projections for what we're going to anticipate in terms of moisture or temperature? We're already seeing a classic La Nina. Um, when we look at previous La Ninas, we had uh, warm Novembers, above normal Decembers, and we generally see a transition in late December and then into January to cooler than normal temperatures. And so we find that our winters are often um, either around average or below slightly below average, and we're already seeing that start to take place. Great November, 
pretty nice start to December, right? And then the other thing that we notice in terms of precipitation and snowfall is below normal precipitation over the winter and often below normal uh, snowfall. And we've seen that for the past two years as well. And that has its own implication because, I mean, this spring we were in drought conditions because we didn't get enough moisture in the winter. Yeah, and if we think back to 2008, 2007, 2008, that really wet uh, fall and then that all that precipitation we had in the winter really drove that flooding situation, high moisture conditions almost all spring and summer. And um, we're, we're not going to see that this winter. If anything, we'll be slightly below normal probably going into the spring months. Do we know what we need as far as precipitation to make sure that farmers get started on the right track? Yeah. Most of the state statewide, somewhere between three and four inches would be average. And right now we only have small sections of the state that are seeing drought conditions over by Menominee and then up by Ashland and Bayfield. They're under drought conditions right now. Majority of the state's doing well with soil moisture and precipitation. So if we can get average, we'll be good in the spring. When we talk about the weather, it's almost always about looking ahead and trying to predict what's going to happen. But a lot of the information you forecast comes from what we experienced in the past. So I wanted to ask you if you've noticed anything in 2022's growing season that will influence what happens in 2023. As we've come out of La Nina's, we've had a little bit of a mixed bag. We've had some springs like the April to June time period where it's been pretty wet. But starting off with dry conditions or average conditions now may not necessarily mean flooding, right? We've also seen some average, um, but we've never seen drastically below average springs where we would think about a drought uh, in the spring. Here we are talking about Wisconsin, but as we know, in a global marketplace, what happens around the country and around the world impacts how our commodities move and the price that we see in the market. Any uh, severe weather events or any weather patterns that are impacting how we are transporting goods? Well, we wouldn't expect there to be widespread flooding that would you know, really impact the ability to move goods along the Mississippi River. We do see an active jet stream in the south, um, especially in the sort of uh, early spring months, say February, where they may have more storms than they usually have. So severe weather, more so than like the flooding uh, elements. And um, we also see they tend to be much warmer in the southeast um, and they can also be drier. They can also have some drought like conditions uh, over the winter months. Do you have any insight for us on when Mississippi River levels may come back up thanks to, you know, large rain events or, or more precipitation? So now we're transi- transitioning out of La Nina. We tend to see less flooding, you know, in that watershed uh, when we have La Ninas. As we start transitioning out of that, I think we may start to see more of those conditions. I think 2018 uh, was the last time we saw the major impacts on the Mississippi River. There were a number of days, I think, set records, 100 and some days above flood stage. Uh, and some of the gauges along the Mississippi there uh, in Iowa and in uh, Illinois. And I think... We should be good until, you know, the fall, and then we might see an increase in that potential. What other information can you offer us about what's happening around the world in terms of those weather seasons, like monsoon season or earthquake season, that agriculture may have to pay attention to? We're seeing some other things going on in different places in the world. I mean, Australia's been looking at drought conditions, and we're winding down hurricane season. We had quite a bit of activity 
um, in Asia with uh, with hurricanes this year um, and typhoons. Typhoons, I guess, is what they're called there rather than hurricanes. Um, some of the things we're going to be looking um, at is um, as spring transitions into summer, some of those patterns of some of the systems coming off the African continent. And those end up being our hurricanes. Um, and we start to look at here in the spring things and the activity that's going on in the Indian Ocean and around India because those systems then sometimes come through Africa and then move into the into our area. So what's happening on the other side of the world ultimately will impact what we see in the sky here in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that something like that can make it all the way over here. But a lot of our weather systems might be generated from hurricanes that are you know, winding down and coming through and they may make their way all the way um, over into uh, into the Midwest. And they last a long time. Shane Hubbard, along with us, a research scientist at the Space Science and Engineering Center at UW-Madison. And this isn't the first time you've talked about how weather impacts agriculture specifically. You also talked to different commodity groups around the state. Yeah, so I um, gave a presentation at the Cranberry Growers annual meeting, and then I'm going to be doing that again, I believe, this February. Um, and then potato growers as well. And so I do as much as I can. I, I come from a family of farmers, and so I do as much as I can to connect with farmers uh, in the state. When you're out there engaging with the industry, what are those top questions uh, that you get from farmers? Why are you always 50% wrong? No, they, they really, um, farmers are so engaged with the weather. And I'm sure that is why I became so fascinated with having a family of farmers and they're always really trying to take a look at, you know, you know, when can we get out in the field and when can we go and bring crops in and, and you know, what's the growing season um, season look like? A lot of times they want to know where data is. So where do I go to get the best forecast? Where do I go to get the best radar information? I could tell you the best forecast is from the National Weather Service. Um, there's hands down is definitely the best place to get a forecast. And again, that is Shane Hubbard. And uh, Shane is a weather research scientist at the UW-Madison. And I, I hate to disagree, but the best weather forecast we're going to get in just a little while from Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13. I got to admit, when I was a student at the UW-Madison, kind of on a lark, I took a class. And it was a weather class. And it was very kind of tied into geology and geography, but it turned out to be more of a weather class where I learned about, you know, gradients and high pressure and low pressure and all those sorts of things. And it was one of the most interesting classes that I ever took. And, uh, you know, there is science in weather forecasting. It's not, it's not a guessing game, but it is, uh, it is interesting. And, uh, weather forecasting is, is a science. It really is. And we're going to get a really good forecast from Mike here in just a little while. It's about 29 minutes before six o'clock. For those who work in acres. Not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And besides the weather, we'll catch up with Morgan McCarthy and get some news as well. Some of our local news coming up, but then more of our farm news. The U.S. Trade Ambassador's Office has filed a new request for a dispute settlement meeting with Canada over their lack of compliance on dairy issues as called for in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement. The first request was in May of 2021 over Canada's use of tariff rate quotas. The U.S. dairy industry is claiming that Canada is violating that provision of the trade deal by giving Canadian processors preferential treatment and thus locking U.S. dairy products out of the Canadian market. Meanwhile, Canadian officials, of course, think they're not in violation of the agreement. No timetable has been given 
for a grievance panel to be set up to look at the issues. Obviously, May of 2021, since then, nothing's been done. So how long might it take? Well, slowly but surely, President Biden's nominees to serve in key government positions are getting approved by the Senate. This week, the senators confirmed former Oregon Agriculture Secretary Alexis Taylor to become the Undersecretary of Agriculture for Foreign uh, for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs. Her main job? To extend the reach of American-grown products around the world. She's led the Oregon Ag Department since 2016. Also, some other folks have been nominated uh, because the U.S. Senate has confirmed Doug McCallop to be the chief agricultural negotiator in the office of the U.S. Trade Ambassadors, Trade Representative, and the Senate has also confirmed Dr. Jose Emilio Esteban as Undersecretary for Food Safety. He's a remarkable scientist, they say, and uh, he will be now on board as, uh, I don't know, all of a sudden the Senate's doing a lot. So that's where we are as far as uh, all of the... uh, nominations and confirmations are concerned. There are always all kinds of them in the pipeline, as we found out from uh, what goes on in Wisconsin. How long did it take before Randy Romanski was confirmed as our secretary to the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection? And I'm not sure that all, I, I'm not sure if all of Governor Tony Evers' nominees have been officially confirmed by the state senate or not. But life goes on. Enough about that. Let's find out about life going on as we check our weather. Brought to you by Marika Gouda in Thorpe this morning. And he's uh, alive and well because he's doing his forecast from inside uh, the house this morning. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And uh, we'll just say this, Bob. The forecast is uh, maybe not Gouda for no, today. No, it's not Gouda, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> it is cold. I know uh, as I was uh, talking on TV a little while ago, I... I said I was watching at 4.30 because I wanted to see you if you were outside like you normally are <laughs> doing that first forecast of the morning, and you were not. And I was talking about all the folks that uh, get feed bunk duty to have to stand out by the feed bunk this mm. morning and make sure the cattle are getting fed. But uh, it's cold out there. But what a crazy forecast as we look beyond Christmas into next weekend. But first things first, what's going on here the rest of the weekend? Yeah, we got to get through a couple of days before we tap into some warmer temperatures. But today, well, it's not just going to be the temperatures. It'll be those winds that we're already starting to see ramp up quite a bit. And that's going to make those wind chills as cold as 40 below in a few locations. Nielsville actually reported uh, below 40 below wind chill, if that makes sense, uh, earlier. Otherwise, winds could gust anywhere from 40 to 50 miles per hour today. And that, of course, brings those bitter cold wind chills as well as some blowing snow. And you also got to factor in that snow that's still sticking to the trees and to the power lines as well. That could cause more downed tree limbs and more uh, power outages as well. So something to keep in mind. Blowing snow continues into tonight. We're dipping back below zero. Wind chills again about 30 to 40 degrees below zero where hypothermia is a real possibility. As well as frostbite setting in within 10 to 15 minutes and going into tomorrow morning. Still blowing snow, still very windy. But then we start to relax a little bit more going into tomorrow night. And by Christmas itself, we get a little relief from the winds, not necessarily the temperatures. More sunshine and highs into the upper single digits. And then we start to tap into more Pacific air, which will slowly bring up our temperatures. We'll still hang out below average for Monday and Tuesday with highs into the low teens Monday. Upper teens and low 20s on Tuesday, but by Wednesday, 
That's where we'll be back into the mid-30s, and we might have a slight chance at a little bit of a wintry mix going into Thursday. Uh, right now, highs into the mid to upper 30s, something that we'll uh, track going forward. But at the moment, we still have clouds and a little bit of blowing snow with a temperature of negative 12 in Eau Claire. You ever had frostbite? I have not, thank God. <laughs> oh, it, I got it on the tips of my fingers, and I still feel it, but it uh, it's not a, not a good thing. So, mm-hmm. again... Be careful out there because this is this is real. Absolutely, and uh, you know, like like you said, if uh, if you have to do any choring outside, just throw on every single layer you can find, and do you to do it as much as you can with your back to the wind. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good good advice too. I'll tell you, if you drive around the countryside, you'll know which way the wind's blowing because uh, oh, watch yeah. the animals; they'll have their rear ends into the wind. So <laughs> yep. They're not stupid. No, they are not. All right. Well, Mike, you have a great Christmas, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely, Bob. You have a merry Christmas as well. Mike Dandry over there, we told you. The best forecast you can get from Mike Dandry in the morning over at Skywarn 13 on Wax. As we said, our weather this morning on Wax brought to you by Marika and the gang at Marika's Guru who wish you a very Merry Christmas. And they're looking forward to last reports to, uh, you know, expanding, having a store here in Eau Claire so we can get good Marika Guda in Eau Claire besides getting it over in Thorpe. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Patchy's been waiting patiently to uh, update us on the news, and that's Morgan McCarthy, the lovely Morgan. Good morning, Morgan. What's happening? Well, good morning. It's a windy one out there for sure. Maybe you want to get the uh, face mask on today as you head to chores. We start with headlines that begin in our area. Eau Claire police say a man broke into a home on Zephyr Hill earlier this month to get money for drugs, and then broke into the same house again this week to get money for Christmas presents. Police arrested 40-year-old Christopher Lamb again this week after he broke into the same home twice. Investigators say he stole cash, checks, and personal identity documents during that first break-in and then grabbed another check during the second break-in. Lamb is looking at formal charges. He's out on bond due back in court in February. All the cold weather is being blamed for a wreck near American Family Field that sent a woman's car into a pond. The Milwaukee County Sheriff says the woman spun off the on-ramp for northbound Highway 175 and ended up in a small pond. Deputies were able to pull the woman out of the crash but say that she was unconscious and cold. No official cause say, though, that stretch of road was very slick from the winter storm. And even though our roads look clear, there are some pretty slick spots. In other headlines, we take a road trip to the Capitol and look at the national stage with the Wisconsin Connection. Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson saying he voted against the $1.7 trillion spending plan in Congress because it simply spends too much. Senator Ron Johnson said that the omnibus package is an abomination. Johnson tried to delete $11 billion in earmarks from the package, but was voted down. Away from the political stage, it will not be a slam dunk for the Badgers. Just a heads up there, if you were planning on watching, that basketball game has been canceled due to weather tonight. And in the spirit of the season, Barron County heated up playing Santa Paws to some community members and waiting pets. Their jail program director presented lap blankets put together by inmates to residents at Barron Care and Rehab, the Humane Society, and Happy Trails pet boarding. Perfect way to help them stay warm. And on that note, if you're feeling some of the stress with the weather and the planning, the 
packages, the boxes, the bags. I'm going to slow it down here for a yearly favorite. Sometimes as an adult, the spirit of the season can feel stressful. The wrapping, the spending, all of the adult problems that don't necessarily leave, even if they're shelved for a while. We're going to take a break or try to take a break from all of that and unwrap some of the magic of the season as we see it through the eyes of a local child. How old are you? Six. And what holiday is coming up? Christmas! And what do you think your favorite thing about Christmas is? Presents and Santa Claus. Where do you think Santa Claus lives? At the North Pole. Oh, sure. Oh, what do you think Santa Claus eats for breakfast? Um, waffles, pancakes, with carrots. Cookies and um, a lot of sugar. How many reindeer pull Santa sleigh for him? Ten. And how many elves do you think he has? 255. What do you think the most special thing about Christmas is? Because it only comes every, every year. It's a special year when you oh, when you get presents from Santa. Wishing you and yours the happiest of holidays and all of the magic that this season brings. And, of course, the best gift of all? Well, it takes a lot of wrapping paper to cover him and the bumble to put the bow on top, but I'd say he's worth it. We head back to the barn with Bob Bosold in the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5 and wish you and yours all of the best this holiday season. Thank you, Morgan. And uh, listening to Morgan talk to that little one, I don't know who's more excited about Christmas. Morgan? Or the little one, but hopefully you're excited about Christmas as well. It's a most wonderful time of the year. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to get to the markets uh, coming up. It's about 17 minutes before 6 o'clock, but I was looking through our uh, volumes and volumes of uh, Christmas music, and I saw this one, and I thought... I'm going to play that this morning and see how many of the younger people recognize who this is. And I'm not going to tell you, because old Jerry Fitzgerald is going to tell you who this is once he's all done singing. I grew up with him. Jerry Fitzgerald grew up with him. But, man, the young kids, not so much. We've got uh, about 12 below zero right now, and the serious thing is the weather, wind chills, we're 36 below with the wind chill, and that's pretty much going to be the story of the day. Winds 30 to 40 miles an hour, so be careful out there. I think we mentioned this earlier, but Ag Day at the Capitol, if you got your 2023 calendar handy, mark March 29th, because that's Ag Day at the Capitol down in Madison. That's a chance for you to get down there and uh, talk to your state legislator in their office in the state capitol, and especially if you've never been to our state capitol, it is a magnificent building, and uh Good chance for you to get down there and take a look at it. Registration is now open to Merritt, Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, one of the leaders of this effort. So you can get a hold of uh, some of the Farm Bureau folks around your area or call the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation and get yourself registered. It's a good day at the state capitol. And uh, March 29th, hopefully it'll be a lot warmer than it is today. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to get to our markets in a moment. We'll get over to the uh, El Tuna sale bar and see what happened on Thursday. But again, a reminder that the, the markets, not the sale barn, not the local sale barns, but uh, the markets... Board of Trade, uh, those kind of markets, they're open today and normal hours. They will not open Sunday night for the overnight trade. They will open Monday morning, so be aware of that. 
Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get to some of our markets. Thursday sale over at the Equity L Tuna Barn. Jim Lindsay has all the results. Choice beef steers and heifers $1.20 to $1.46. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers $1.20 to $1.45. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.30 to $1.43. We had a top of $1.47. Choice Holstein steers $1.15 to $1.29. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.14 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from $74. 83 with a top of 87. 60% of the cows sold from 50 to 73. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 49 and down. Organic market on Tuesday. 80% of the organic cows sold from 80 to 93. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cold bulls sold from 65 to 90. We had a top of 96. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 25 to $110 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $25 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 120 to $340 per head. We do sell organic cattle here at the Altoona Market on Tuesday. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is January 6th of 2023. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thank you, Jim. You have a great day, too. Well, let's get over to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn and uh, find out if Jerry Fitzgerald News, who our guest entertainer was here, Santa Claus is coming to town. That's our era, buddy. Who was that? Well, good morning to you, Bob. That's Mr. Gene Autry. Yep. Did you watch him as a kid growing up on the on his Western show? Oh, a little bit, but yeah. boy, that's... Uh, yeah, well, I think he was probably more famous as the owner of the California Angels yep, and everything, yep. you know. What was the name of his horse? Do you remember? I'm trying that black horse with the white face. I'm trying to think of what the name of his horse was. I can't remember. I can't help you there, Bob. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I know you can help us wrap up the markets for the week because uh, we're all done. Don't go to the sale barn today. It's too cold. How did we wrap up yesterday, Jer? All right, Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the cow market. Now, these are regular market cows. Uh, cow market pretty steady all week. Yesterday, the high-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows are selling from 70 up to a top of 86. Most of the cows this week were from 52 to 69. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, below 51. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls selling from 82 to a top of 94 and a half. Lighter weight bulls below 82. And now on the fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers selling mostly from 120 uh, to 135. High yielding choice and prime Holsteins are 136 to 143. Select grading cattle 118 and below. On the calf market, of course, definitely affected by the weather, especially later in the week. Bull calves on the close are selling from 30 to 110. Heifer calves, uh, 30 and below. Beef calves also affected by the weather at the end of the week, mostly 150 to 250. But again, we did have a very strong calf market on Monday. Uh, a lot of the bull calves sold from 120 up to 195. Beef calves did top at 345. That was on Monday's auction. So we'll look ahead of, uh, to next week here. Uh, very little change in the sales schedule. Uh, we will be back uh, on on regular normal schedule next week, starting out with the Monday sale. And uh, next week's sales schedule is the same as always. Uh, hay sale on Tuesday. Uh, Peter cattle sale on Wednesday. The only change in the sales schedule will be 
of course, uh, there will be, uh, we will be definitely closed on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. There will be no drop-off for cattle on those two days. So, again, Bob, uh, to about all we have this morning, I certainly want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas on behalf of everyone here at Stratford and uh, you and Jill also and Kristen. So, Enjoy it and stay warm, and we'll be back here on Monday morning. All right. I think it just popped into my head now, listening to you, this kind of relates. I think his horse's name was Champ, Champion, and they called him Champ. Wasn't that right, Gene Autry's horse? That, that sounds about right. I keep uh, I keep thinking of uh, uh, the Lone Ranger's horse and Roy Rogers' horse. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know it. I know it. Lone Ranger and Tonto. What was the Lone Ranger's horse's name? Trigger, of course, was Roy Rogers. Um, uh, silver. Silver, there you go. That's right. He made silver bullets. All right. Well, we've taken you down memory lane this morning. You, Hey, Merry Christmas, Jerry. We'll talk to you next week. Bob, you also, and thank you so much. Enjoy the holiday. We'll do our best. Jerry Fitzgerald over there at the Equity Stratford Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Board of trade this morning after a lower day yesterday. March corn up two cents at 662. The oats unchanged 354. March wheat up six to seven cents at 769. Beans up six at 1478. And meal up a dollar and a half a ton at $449.80 a ton. Country elevators out at Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls. The corn is 605. Beans 1414 at the Connersville elevator. Corn 605, beans 1404 on the DTN screen. At Baldwin, corn 618, beans at 1402 today. Corn at Duran, 609, beans 1396. Mondovi, 620 and 1401. Elmwood, 618 on the corn, 1406 on the beans. $6 corn at Fall Creek today, 1381 on the soybeans. Corn at Osseo, 623, beans 1406, Elk Mound, 611 and 1404, Sparta, 606 and 1382, Ellsworth, the corn is 588, soybeans 1352 at the ethanol plants, Boyceville, corn 637, Stanley, 625 to Richmond, 622. And uh, that's a look at our markets this morning, and again, the weather, brutally cold today, so be careful but make sure you have a very merry, merry Christmas from all of us here at the Farm Department, uh, Jill and Kristen and myself. Enjoy Christmas. It's a beautiful time of the year. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap.